Adam Silver says no more load management, FIBA tournament ends with USA disappointment, and the Greek freak is open to a new home. My name is John, I'm your fill-in host for Rosa Panta, known to us as June the Goon, but this is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo! I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, John. Let's give another shout-out to our boy here, Sammy. It's his birthday coming up. He's 20 years old. 21, right, Sammy? In a past life, yes. <laughs> if Sammy's 21, then I am the running back, next running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're pretty awful, so maybe I could be that. Anyway, Sammy, how are you living, my friend? Well, you'd be better than Joe Mixon, and outside of the fact that I will be filing a complaint on behalf of Kawhi and Paul George about this load management nonsense with the NBA, I am doing fine. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, sir. And I'm glad you brought that up, Sammy, because that is actually our first topic for tonight. So load management. Adam Silver has said enough is enough. And the NBA wants its best players to play in more games. So as of Wednesday, as of yesterday, its Board of Governors approved a new player participation policy. And it really applies to the best players in the game, right? So here's the criteria for for you guys. If you've been named to an all-star team or an all-NBA team in the previous three seasons and you're a star, you're also no more than one star player is available at once in the same game, um, teams must ensure that, that star players are available for national TV and in-season tournament games. Teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home games and road games, with a preference for those absences to happen in home games. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near-shutdown when, when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. Stay with me, guys. I know this is a lot. There's a few more here. Teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. And finally, key paragraph at the bottom of the newly approved NBA player arrest policy. The policy includes exceptions for injuries, personal reasons, and pre-approved back-to-back restrictions based on a player's age, career, workload, or serious injury history. Now, guys... I don't know if you need me to repeat that. I don't think anybody wants me to, but there's <laughs> certainly a lot here to unpack. Now, it, in a nutshell, it just shows that the NBA, Adam Silver mostly, and the management, is tired of NBA stars sitting games when they are not injured, but they don't have a personal issue. What are your overall thoughts on this? And I know we can we can kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, but I wanted to get both of your thoughts, just overall thoughts and feelings on this first. And I want to start here with the pre-birthday boy, Sammy. Well, that last statement you made is interesting because that conveniently left an exception for a certain Los Angeles Laker, and I'm not talking about Anthony Davis because he'll actually be injured. But um... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, go ahead. But yes, you're probably right. I am curious to see if certain teams, and I will freely say that mine is one that does this, will try to somehow find ways to get around this and how ridiculous the injury excuses will be. I get why the NBA is doing it, because the concept of load management and players sitting out national games where it turns into almost preseason games has gotten a little out of control, and there's been a lot of backlash about it. 
because we want to see these guys play. We when some people plan trips, they plan vacations around months ahead, around wanting to see a LeBron James or a Kawhi Leonard or Steph Curry, whatever the case may be. And then the day before, it's conveniently announced that they're not going to play. So you're affecting the quality of the product. So I understand why they're doing it. I am curious how they will be able to enforce this and if teams legitimately try to stretch what an injury is. If they can actually do it, I'm I'm all for this, truth be told, because it is insanely frustrating from experience to never know when your star players are actually going to play. Jay, what do you think? It's funny that, you know, when we think about resting players, that they're hurting the game, but they're doing these rests, they're sitting out because they want these players to play when it matters during the playoffs when the viewership goes up, which enhances the product of the game. So it kind of has the adverse effect if you really think about it. But, and I'll say, but we do live in the current modern age of medicine, modern training, and just therapy for mental and physical health. So you would think that with all these mediums of yourself getting better, that injuries should be, you know, becoming less and less. Point taken, we saw that terrible season where everyone was out. What was that, 2021? But mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. due to the NBA compacting those weeks of not playing during COVID into that small season? Because I think that that was the huge reason, all those back-to-backs, the compacted schedule. Um, long story short, I, I know I just rambled. I just want to see the players that we love to watch play. But, and there is a but, I'm very also cautious that when they do play, there's a risk of injury. So Adam Silver, if he's going to implement this role, fellas, he better have a schedule that benefits the players and the teams. Very true. I agree. And I, I guess my follow-up question is, okay, we all, when we think about this, what players come to mind naturally? And Sammy, if you don't say who I think you want, you need to say, then I know you're lying. But other than those, other than that player, right? Who do you think is going to be somebody that is going to kind of toe the line when it comes to? Is he injured? Is he not injured? Is he going? Does he need to rest? Is there anybody that comes to mind other than Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis, Sammy? No, Anthony Davis doesn't have load management. He legitimately gets hurt every six games. <laughs> Fair. Oh, that's a good question. Um, should we it's do, funny. Be- go ahead. Go should ahead. we do a starting five of load, load management? management? I'll start. You, I got you, one for you've, obviously, you've obviously thought about this very long and hard, so please go ahead and start, this, JJ. Well, this just came up to my mind because within the past uh, few weeks of summer and the NBA, there hasn't been much news with the exception of our first pick, of the load management team, Mr. James Harden. So okay, it's going to affect like him. I like uh, that. Future Clipper, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're starting five. I mean, the James, I'll just start it. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is on that starting five. You put him at the three. Go ahead, Sammy. We'll do a little rotation here. We got James Harden at the two. We got Kawhi at the three. 
Who's who you got right. the one and the four and the five? Or just pick one of those, those positions. Let's, uh, I know he gets hurt every so often too. Let's throw Joel Embiid up there at the five. Mm, I like that one, okay. Oh JJ, you got. You can select the one or the four. Is, is Chris Paul on this list, fellas? He will he be. Is. He will, well, yeah, he will be. So you're going with Chris Paul? I'll go Chris Paul. Man, you left me with the hardest position. I was going to take Kyrie because he's just not available ever. Oh, that's a good pick, man. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie's a good pick. Uh, man, the four spot? I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. Like, oh, I, I got a guy for you, but you I want to see guy? if you think of him, too. Give me the conference or the team. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Good team, bad team? Good team. Uh... The Celtics? No. Mm-hmm. My Celtics. guy, Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, Porzingis. Starting at the okay. four. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. You know, okay. You know what's funny to me about this? I was reading through the, the requirements here, right, as it was the, the long diatribe that I was going on, is that the teams must ensure that star players are available for national TV and in-season season tournament games. And so my mind immediately goes to, what about these awful teams that have star players? I mean, they don't have to worry about it because they're not going to be on many nationally televised games, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, is, do you think Paulo Banchero, Ban Banchero, Banchero, is he like, he's up and coming, right? Well, there's, a, there's criteria to what a star is. We have to point that out. Um, it specifically is something along the lines of either they made an all-star team or an all-NBA team in the oh, last three right. seasons. That's so right. they, they have criteria to define a star. So Bancaro right now, they can actually rest them all they want. Yeah. Um, but you bring up an interesting point that I was thinking of going the opposite way of the nationally televised teams. Teams that are trying to tank, this actually affects them now, and it's not being talked about a lot. Those teams that, right. you know, have that one veteran that they traded for, so... Like, think Washington is going to try to tank this year. I don't know if they have anyone that qualifies for this, but they're going to want to rest people left and right. Did, did Jordan Poole make the All-Star team not last year, the year before when he broke out? He did not. Okay, because that means they can just, down the stretch, if he's playing too well because he's putting up 20 a game, they can just start to sit him. And it won't affect, you know, what a star player is, for example. Yeah, you're right. With the with the addition of all the rookies this year too, mm -hmm. and sophomores. Right. So that's going to be the other part of this is when teams are trying to tank down the line. How are they going to try to stretch the rules? Because we know some of them are going to. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask you to, um, in in terms of the loopholes, can a star player? just be subbed in in a game and just play for two or three minutes then sub back out? So I was actually wondering the same thing and then something that John read caught my eye and I'm curious about it. Specifically, I think it was this line. Teams must refrain from any long-term or near shutdown when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in circumstances affecting mm. the integrity of the game. How they define that, I'm very curious to know because that's exactly what I was thinking about too. Like, let's throw, you know, Kawhi out there for the first two minutes and then pull him and we're all right. There's your loophole. So they're clearly trying to close it. How? That's, I'm curious. I, I'm with you guys. Like, before we move on, I just, overall, I like it in, in theory and 
my issue like my concern is the execution of it like you said there are a lot of the way that they phrase all of these rules and restrictions are very open-ended there's a lot of room for interpretation and so with that you're going to find a lot of people trying to cut corners find loopholes and i think they're going to be able to successfully do so if you don't make things a lot more defined and so mm. we'll certainly see how it plays out but i'm going to move us on to our next topic guys so FIBA basketball. I know it's if you live in the United States of America, it's not uh, you know it's not a proud moment for basketball internationally. But no! they ended up not placing gold, silver, or bronze. No! Um, they lost to Canada in the bronze medal game. Dylan Brooks had his most. Probably the best game of his entire basketball career, if we're being honest. And keep in mind, granted, the USA was not rolling out with guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. They had, and these aren't scrubs by any means, but they're not the best players in the NBA. We have Austin Reeves, you have guys like Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, and a few, uh, and a bunch of other players. And I guess the easy question to ask you guys is, what do you think went wrong? Outside of the talent, right? I get it. Like the talent is not what, we could, what it could have been. It's not the best that we could have put out there. But other than that, what do you think went wrong in this tournament? I do think the talent level around the league, around the world is a lot higher than it used to be back when we had that disaster. And was it 04 or 06? I think. Uh, yes, with uh, LeBron and Wade in them. Right. With Larry Brown as the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that was one big part of it. Uh, like, you look at Canada's team, and it's hilarious that Dylan Brooks is one of the reasons that they got knocked out. But <laughs> at the same time, they did have a legit, in my opinion, MVP candidate this year on that team in SGA. SGA. So there is talent there. It still is crazy that they finished outside of the medals period. Yes. Um, and I do think part of that is we we have a solid squad that they sent over, but outside of maybe Anthony Edwards, you don't really have a bona fide top 20 player in the league on this team. So the talent level is a lot more balanced out as far as because the coaching staff on that team was great. I think it was Kerr, Ty Lue, and Spolstra. Yes. You're not asking for better coaching staff. Coaching wasn't the problem. So I just think the talent level caught up compared to what the players we sent. And that's no insult at all to the players we sent. They're very solid players between Edwards, Brunson, Halliburton. These are good players, but it's more along the lines to me of the talent that the rest of the world does have now. And the talent around the world plays, I think, together a lot more than these players play together. So the, the chemistry is there in a way it's not going to be with our guys because they're practicing for two weeks and then getting thrown into these tournaments. What do you guys I, think? I agree with you in the chemistry front, Sammy, which has been an issue with Team USA for, guys, say decades, where when we have our dream teams compete on a global level, we have, for example, Spain, where these players, they grew up playing basketball together at an early age. Like, Luca's teammates, people don't realize those were his teammates when he was 16 so it's just continue a, a continuation of building that chemistry and we've always said on this pod that 
chemistry is a huge, huge reason how champions win championships. However, I'm gonna say a but, and I'm gonna come as a hater. I don't think that's a valid reason for Team USA to lose, John. Because if you think about it, Team USA, the talent pool is that much greater than compared to everywhere in the world. And the way that I think about the world is an analogy that I refer to high school, which high school division is based off population. Okay, so the world, the rest of the world, like if you look at who Team USA lost to, those countries do not have the same population nor choice of talent pool. Where look at Team USA, man! All those players, the fifteenth player on. The bench of Team USA makes more money than most of the FIFA teams. That one player makes more than the rest of the FIFA teams. So I get what Sammy was saying. I think team chemistry is definitely an issue, John. But I'm also thinking about gameplay, where they didn't come through on defense, and in terms of roster construction. I don't think they had enough players that could board, because FIBA is all about the old school way of playing, which is team chemistry of passing the ball and getting boards. Yeah, no, I I agree with you guys. Well, for one, like, who did the USA? Sorry, who did they lose to before they lost to Canada? Was it Serbia? Hmm. I think so because I think it was <laughs> right? a comment that it was Serbia minus. Um, yeah, and Luka. like, look, at least no, the, the Canada, at least Canada, they Canada had a lot of NBA players actually. They have Dort, they have uh, Alexander Walker, they had obviously SGA, they have Dwight Powell, they have RJ Barrett, they have Kelly Olynyk. So, like, they have a comparable, I would say, like talent-wise. Mm-hmm. USA is still better than me, but yes. at least Canada had Absolutely. like NBA caliber players. I mean, losing to Serbia to me is inexcusable. <laughs> I agree with JJ, 100%. Germany won it all with Dennis Schroeder and I don't know who else on that team. But that brings me to my next point, guys, about international basketball. Because yes, FIBA is, is one thing, but up, upcoming and next year in Paris, we have the 2024 Summer Olympics. And I don't think anybody, not especially not the NBA, wants to roll out with the current FIBA team in the USA Olympics. So LeBron James, what does he do best? He loves to be in the limelight, right? Comes in with his Superman cape, saying that he is, and all of these reports are saying that he is going to, as as uh, Captain America, going to round up the troops, the Avengers, and assemble one of the best teams since, I don't know, the, ni- the 1992 Dream Team. Um, <laughs> I don't know where he is in that goal, where, it, where if he's progressing far enough, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that, that actual roster for those Olympics, right? Who do you think is the best assembled team with the current NBA, in the current NBA landscape? LeBron James is 39 years old. Sorry, yes, 39 years old. So, is he is he ready for that that type of international competition? I don't know, I, but I'm curious. What do you guys think? Who do you think the starting five and, and some bench players would with the bet 
best, give us the best chance to take home the gold. Ooh, the, another starting five, Sammy. Shall we? Well, yeah. I don't think you you have to start it with. Uh, you're going to start with Chris Paul, right? Uh, <laughs> He'll be like you're true your, your new favorite player. player. Um, <laughs> shoot, who uh, started start us off? I would have to say KD, Kevin Durant. Gotta have KD. He'll be quote unquote the youngest out of the big three Americans. Okay. Um, I would put I would actually put LeBron on that team because you know everyone else is going to be able to score and he would probably end up being the primary distributor. And you could ironically load manage him because it won't be during the NBA season. <laughs> so I'll I'll go with LeBron, John. So got Katie and LeBron. You got a one, a two, and yeah. a five. I mean, you gotta have Steph. Yeah, shooting is just shooting is absolutely critical in any facet of the game, whether it's domestic or international. So Steph. The the five. Um, would you guys have Bam or Embiid? Well, here's the thing with Embiid is depending on what he wants to do, he might be able to go play for France. Yeah, I don't think he would play for the USA team. Well, right? he could. He could he play could. for either because I believe he, he has, has dual, dual citizenship. citizenship. Okay. Yeah. So I'm with you if if he qualifies. Um, okay. So it might be. have to be Bam, right? So Bam or AD, depending on who you'd rather have. He doesn't like playing the five. <laughs> You would sure. I know. All right, so call it Bam. So we'll call it Bam. The 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 two is where I'm like, it's, it's pretty tough because you have Booker, we have uh, Jimmy, and we have Tatum. You guys have a preference out of those three to start? I I like, I like Jimmy. I would say Jimmy because I think his defense would be critical. I was split on this. Initially, very initially, I was wondering if he wanted Booker because he's shown he could distribute, but I actually think he'd be better with the running the second unit. I have a very, very slight lean toward Tatum for this. Just because he's a little bit longer, gives them a ton of length going two to five, and I like that, and he's a really good rebounder for, uh, for his size as well. So if you look at the size of that team and the length, they theoretically should be able to defend really well and rebound really well. And Steph is a good rebounder for his size too. But I completely understand the point of having like a Jimmy on a team like this. So it's a, t- it's a tough call. I don't think you can lose either way though. It is a tough call. I think Tatum next year, is, he's younger than Jimmy. But what I do like about Jimmy Butler is his attitude and his grit. And that starting five, they need that. They need what um, Charles Barkley served during the OG Dream Team. And how Kobe mm-hmm. was for yeah, that run. That, that's a good call. And I think from there too, on with the bench, outside of like maybe Booker, I wouldn't even worry about scoring. I would just throw a bunch of defenders and wings and distributors in there and let it kind of sort itself out. I mean... What do you guys think in terms of any any players come in mind that you would want on the bench? Anybody from the FIBA squad? 
that you would maybe, now that they have the international experience, there is one player from the FIBA squad I always consider putting on this team, and that would be Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's perfect glue guy. That That's what I'm thinking to, too. Together, right? Exactly. He can defend, and then he has shown now that he can score if they happen to need it. He's got that ability, so I like him on this team too. Because I would just be going for length, and then you would just need to kind of find, figure out one more point guard. So, who are the candidates for that? There's Darren Fox, Trey Young, but I'm not really fans for of those two for FIBA since Halliburton. Yeah. Not after Gone. what I saw in FIBA. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he, he played okay. He played all right. Or actually, um, the other guy from FIBA that you could bring over was, that was obvious that just slipped my mind was Anthony Edwards. Did, yeah. yeah. It's true. So. He was playing, he kind of played a little hero ball from time to time. I think it's part of the True. Game. But he was kind of like the real only superstar on that team. Fringe superstar, I guess you can call it. However you want to slice it, but yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Is before we move on, is anything less than a gold medal in the 2024 Olymp- Olympics a complete disappointment? If yes. you're sending over this quality of players, like are the best, 100% it is because FIBA you can kind of justify. But if you're saying our starting five is Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, it's like great effort, guys. We got the silver. Uh, uh-uh. that's that ain't gonna fly. <laughs> 100% agree. So, hey, LeBron, no pressure, man. But with that, we are going to actually take a break from a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a new feature, slide the line, where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. All right, download the app indeed. So we're going to shift to a little more, a topic that's a little sensitive, and we're not going to get into the the, the nitty-gritty details because they are a little disturbing, but we want to talk more on the basketball front here. Um, But to kind of preface it and intro it kevin porter jr has been accused of some pretty serious allegations and serious things here uh, if you haven't heard it was it was kind of um it was assault and battery on his girlfriend and without going into the details um this are currently in, under investigation and things are moving along in terms of how they're gonna the, you know how things are going to play out here. But I want to kind of shift this to more basketball related. And Kevin Porter Jr. is currently under contract with the Houston Rockets. He is earning, uh, he's guaranteed $15.9 million for the next season. Um, And it's the first year of a four-year $82.5 million deal. So he is getting paid a boatload of money. And so reports have been now coming out that Houston is actually looking to trade Kevin Porter Jr obviously because of this and maybe his, his other his past antics so i guess uh, my question to you guys is from a basketball standpoint right given what's going on in his personal life do you see any potential suitors for his services from a basketball standpoint would anybody will be willing to take that risk and if so who i'm gonna start us off with jj what team comes to my mind john are the Orlando Magic. 
just because they're that one team where we have no idea how they're going to perform. They're in Orlando. I don't think they're really about that. You know, the, the kind of background story. They, they're they just like there. Um, right. They just, I'm trying to bring like a neutral standpoint on this. And they have the cap room and they could just put him on the books, test his talent out with the current rotation and see if he works out. So I would say it would be kind of a low risk since they're not really competing and they do have the cap room and it's Orlando. Sammy, what do you think? So I don't think this team would actually do it, but what I would be cu- where I would be curious to see him would actually be in San Antonio. Houston has said they would ideally like someone back who could contribute on some level. If you look at Houston's roster composition, they do have Van Fleet, but I, th- I think they could use another point guard. Devontae Graham uh, in San Antonio would actually match up salary-wise, I believe, based on what I'm looking at in the trade machine here. And he only has two years left on his deal. And with Porter, again, purely from the basketball standpoint, this seems like a player who has never been with a coach that could truly teach him discipline and how to maximize his talent. Because basketball-wise, he's a talented player, but he plays very undisciplined. Yep. I would be curious to see him under Pop, but with how we know Pop feels about character players, there's no way this would happen. But in terms of the Encore product, he would be surrounded with more discipline, more talent between Wimbanaya and what they're assembling there. And they can actually use another ball handler and a score. I actually like the fit. I think this is why Austin Reeves would have made sense there. And for whatever reason, they didn't make him play for him. So this is almost like a, it's a different version of Austin Reeves, obviously. But that kind of player, someone who can score, handle the ball. So I would be curious to see the fit, but to be frank with you both, I will be amazed if any team actually makes a trade for him, even if a bunch of picks are attached to it. So that's kind of how I feel about this. John, what do you think? No, I agree. I I think it's a huge risk. I think given his history, I mean, there's been more than one incident, right? So um, character definitely comes into play, but like you said, Sammy, if, if anybody was going to take that, that chance, it would have to be somebody in an environment that is truly a team that understands the importance of discipline and can kind yeah. of you yeah. know, have that reverberate through the, through the team. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll, obviously, we'll get more reports and news of, of this, this situation, but I'm going to go ahead and move us on to our next topic, something a little more light, guys. So... Well, maybe not light for Bucks fans, but <laughs> light for us, because we're not Bucks fans. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? He was uh, interviewed, and somebody asked him a question about his future with the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is his quote. I am a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there is a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. What do you guys think about this quote? And I'm going to go rapid fire here. Rapid fire answers from you guys. Keep it maybe under a minute. JJ, what do you think of this? If you're you're hearing this as a Milwaukee Buck fan, are you concerned? Do you think where there's smoke, there's fire? Yes, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think Bucks fans 
They should worry a tad bit, but what I do like about this is it puts pressure in the front office to do what they gotta do to make their guy Giannis happy. So keep loading that roster, keep making this dude happy, Milwaukee. Okay. Sammy, yeah. what do you think? Agreed. This was a clear message to me from him to the front office saying, get it done or I'm gonna go. At least, you know what I like with him? There's no games. He's being blunt and he's being honest. And I actually think this is one of the rare cases of a player who, if he left, I don't think he's necessarily targeting a big market. He just wants a well-run team. And I honestly think that would open, he would open it up to every organization in the league, depending on who he felt could accomplish that objective. So definitely puts Milwaukee on alert. Curious to see how they react. But uh, I, I'm i actually a fan of the upfront honesty. Okay. All right. And you know what? I'm going to do a follow-up rapid-fire question for you. If, he, if Giannis were to leave the Bucks, what team would you like to see him go to? Well, the Clippers. Don't say the Clippers. <laughs> do not say the Clippers. Realistically. Okay. Um, I don't want to keep going back to the wall, the same team over and over, but man, could you imagine him and one by Yana under Pop in San Antonio? Oh, you stole my answer. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. The twin, yeah. the new, the new, ten, the new twin towers. Yeah. The more improved. I'll, I'll, I'll say this first. I'll go with wherever Dame is. <laughs> oh man. That'll okay. probably be Portland. Sorry, yeah. Dame. Yeah. Right? yeah. What's, where would you want to see him? Oh man, Ooh, I would like to see him. You know what? I'm gonna say Miami. Okay, that works kind of, for I every major lines. player. I like that. It yeah. does. It does. Well, with that, guys, that is actually all the time that we have. It's been a minute. I had a great time. Thank you, JJ, for being on. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you all. Happy birthday, Sammy. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, indeed, Sammy. And Sammy, thank you for being on. Thank you, guys. I hope this weekend to leave my 30s behind with some semblance of my dignity, but we will see how that goes. And what Sammy means is he's going to Las Vegas. Sammy, do not do anything that we wouldn't do. <laughs> that, that leaves me to a lot of possibilities, my friends. <laughs> yes, and we want to shout out to RJ, our video producer. Check our, out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Please find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Detective John